Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast, where we try to bring you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. Today, we're going to try to improve your technology, your technology stack, some speech analytics, talk about AI. We have with us just an absolute pro in the industry with an amazing background that I'm going to let him kind of, um, I think he can probably do it more justice than me, but with background with Alexa, a deep understanding of AI, speech analytics, agent assist, um, really excited to have uh, Ashish Nagar with us today for the, the CEO of, of Level AI. And Ashish, why don't you just kind of give a quick your background's fascinating to me um, with, with the experiences that you've had and how you've been able to take those experiences and kind of bring them into the contact center world um, with, with natural language and AI kind of merged together. So welcome. And uh, can we just get a quick, uh, you know, 30 second uh, background bio on you, please? Sure. Hey, th- thank you so much for having me, Thomas. I'm a big fan of the show. And uh, thank you. As, as you know, big fan of all your work. So really appreciate you having me here. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a contact center geek like you. I was. I was an AI geek before I do. Uh, before I got into the contact center space a few years ago. Since then, I've been loving it. So, as you mentioned before, before, uh, before Level AI, I was a product leader in Amazon's Alexa team, and uh, one of the projects I was working on was uh, making Alexa talk to humans for twenty minutes nonstop on any social topic. Now it seems. Uh, you know, when we talk to Alexa for, you know, asking weather or any simple sports question, it's a simple question answering machine. Mm-hmm. And I can report after trying it for a f- multiple years, along with, you know, leading researchers in the world, we are still in the one to two minute mark. So these problems are highly challenging. And before Alexa, I was doing, uh, you know, multiple startups in Silicon Valley in this space and uh, really excited to talk to you here. And one of the reasons I started Level AI, because we we were both seeing the limitations of this kind of natural language understanding technology, but also the huge promise of of what this could do for businesses and especially for customer service teams. And we thought that not a lot of, you know, frankly, current companies were doing justice to the Mm -hmm. power of this technology and the rest is history. Yeah. Well, I think that is an Awesome lead into kind of my first question, because anybody who who follows the podcast or, or follows my content knows I'm not an anti-AI guy. Like you'd be crazy to think, you know, anti-AI, but I think we overuse it in the industry, yeah. right? I think uh, so many people, you know, when we go to call center week and, you know, I know level AI is there and 
and every booth everywhere, you know, talks about AI. I, I'd love to hear from you and, and just, you know, let's start on this AI topic. You know, what, what is kind of your definition of it, right? What is your definition of AI and maybe how it relates to really to the contact center? Yeah, and I think it's, that's such an important point, Thomas, and this is almost our pet peeve. So we want to demystify, uh, de- like take off the buzzwords almost for all yeah. your viewers and, and for other leaders in the contact center. So AI is a very broad term. It essentially talks, uh, it essentially means uh, machines or computers' ability to mimic human intelligence, right? That's artificial intelligence. It's a very broad word. So you see applications of it in self-driving cars. You see applications of it in medical science in terms of uh, detecting tumors. Uh, but it comes to the contact center or customer service. There is a put, there is, is a specific branch within artificial intelligence called uh, natural language processing and natural language understanding. And, and then there's a third piece of speech-to-text transcription. And if you uh, look at that piece, and I, I have a slide there of how Alexa works, uh, how Alexa works, and we can we can talk about that. Maybe if you, uh, so if I can go all the way to that. So yeah, so if you see AI in the contact center, I would think of it very similar to how a Siri or Alexa works. There are three pieces to it, which is the speech to text part, which is used for transcription essentially. The second part is, let's say this is a simple query. What's the weather in Richfield Park, Arizona? Mm-hmm. And I this park, right? And then the second piece is taking that sentence apart into keywords, which is the natural language processing part of it. And then the third piece is, what's the relationship between these words? What are we talking about? Are we talking about Arizona, the state only, or actually the weather in a particular state? Are we talking about weather of Arizona in general? What's the relationship with Richfield Park there? That's key. And I would pause, I would almost humbly propose that most of contact center AI is stuck in the first two, which is speech mm-hmm. to text, right? Do some sentiment analysis on top and then give a bunch of keywords. And the key part in human language understanding is this NLU part, which is what the hell is a customer calling about? What are they complaining about? What was their escalation about? If they're returning, a, are they returning a product or are they buying a product, Right. Are they returning multiple products? And so on and so forth, right? All of us understand customer service. It's about really what the request is. And so our view is that um, AI in the contact center should be about deep understanding of human language. Intent understanding is one problem with an AI. There are multiple other problems understanding topics, understanding um, you know, the in real time how the conversation is going. Um, and so... We push our customers and prospects and everyone we talk to to ask, you know, every salesperson, every vendor, you know, are you doing natural language understanding? And if so, what problems within that are you solving? Right? Because if someone says, yeah, you know, we do transcription, sentiment analysis, and text mining, that's not enough in 2022. That was enough in 2010, but not in 2022. Hey, and I know we're going to get into an analytics piece of this. Um, but I think a, a good question here um, is, is where do you see, you know, tone coming into play, right? So again, understanding sentiment um, and not just understanding sentiment from keyword analysis, but actually understanding the tone of the customer or how they're saying words. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point, Thomas. We can take this slide off. But, you know, that's a... Uh, um, Totally agree with you. And on the sentiment side as well, as you said, there, this, 
there are two parts to it. One is how someone spoke it. But all of you, you and I know, you know, my spouse can say pretty great things and pretty mean things to me in a very flat tone. <laughs> right. She, if she's not happy, I know just by looking at her, she's not happy. But what I'm getting to is language is really important. So you can have tonal variations and and detect that and voice variations. But what language are you actually using? So combining the language intelligence along with the speech modeling or the tone or acoustics modeling mm-hmm. is what we uh, you know propose to our customers as how what you should you know how you should think about the way to go. A very a very simple example of this is in positive sentiment. A lot of our customers have this uh, ask us in the contact center space. Hey, can you guys do sentiment trends? Right, which is the call started with the negative sentiment. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of it, we want to see if it was resolved. Was someone happy or right, did our customer service agents did a good job or not? You know, there is a lot of nuance to this, Thomas. So we often, our our response often is maybe. And you're like, why? This is a simple thing. I'll give you an example. Everyone says at the end of the call, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing this. Right? Or, or, or every agent says, was I able to help you today? And even if a person is not happy with the service, they often end up saying, you know, thank you so much. I got it. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, right. Right. And you can be sarcastic. You can be anxious. You can be angry or you can be actually grateful with the same set of words. Right. No, no. That's why human language is so complex. And that's why. Uh, uh, and we yeah. And, and that's how we think about it. So identifying negative and average sentiment is easier. Positive sentiment is harder. Uh, it's not just simple charts going up and down. Uh, I think that's really, I've never, I've never thought of that, but I think that makes absolute sense that negative sentiment, because you normally don't fake being positive when you're negative, but sarcasm and that can be viewed as negative when it's not. So that, that makes, that's kind of interesting to think about, huh? All right. I got, I got, I have so much stuff to to get with you. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we, we talk about, again, AI, contact center. We I think we can all, you know, look out 20, 30 years, maybe even 10 years to where, you know, yeah. natural language processing and understanding is really starting to take over, even from a voice standpoint, right? We're, we're, we're heading down that road. And if, if anybody thinks we're not, I, I think, you know, you're, you're probably a little naive. Harder, though, is is where are we going in, in, in the short term for, from an AI standpoint, say, yeah. say 24, 36, maybe even up to, to five years you know, what do you yeah. see as some of the, the, the huge differences and changes from a contact center specific standpoint in the short term, not not looking, you know, out too far? Yeah. So uh, for, for your viewers, your practitioners, I would say, what use cases would open up for, for your users over the next two to five years? So uh, first of all, things like, uh, and we'll talk about analytics, but deeper view into what the voice of the business is, what the voice of the customer is. We will be, we are, and we will be able to even further get a very deep view on why customers are reaching out to us, way beyond word clouds, way beyond issue detection, why customers are reaching out, and and also what those customer journeys look like. Mm-hmm. Why did they reach out today? Or even, why did they reach out a few months ago? And even within a conversation, what what was the different reasons they came in with and what are the relationships of those reasons so that's a big thing which will change 
The second part is, I, I'll talk about underlying technology, but I want to talk about use cases first because there's a practitioner. No, audience, no, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing. The second part is when we talk about real-time agent assist. Now, the, the solutions we see, not level AIs, but the solutions we, we sometimes we see in the space are very simplistic. They look for keywords and a bunch of phrases and detect things. I think that technology will become 10x better. I think with solutions like level AI, it's already 10x better, but we will even improve it 10x in the next year or two. How would you do that? In a conversation, there's a lot of context and memory. What do I mean by that? Let me unpack that for a second. You and I started chatting about you know, um, one topic, and then we move to where is AI headed, and then we'll talk about something else. Maybe towards the end of the call, offline, we'll talk about our kids and your job mm-hmm. and your weekend plans. Right. You know, humans talk about a lot of things. But if you see modern agent assist solutions, they look up episodically at, you know, customer said this, let me show you an article. Customer said that, let me show you an article. Can we model context and history and give the machine some memory, right? That's the other piece. So deeper view into analytics, giving the machine memory or giving computers memory of what happened in the entire conversation. Now, if we give machines memory, the third use case is, can we chart customer journeys, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, as I said, can you, Hey, you came in talking about if, I, if we sell to a financial services customer, you came in talking about a credit card inquiry, but you know we also have this uh, checking product or saving some account product, mm-hmm. which you talked about sort of, and then an analytics team can look at that and say like, hey, these are the customer journeys which are you know premium customers typically have, right? So the third is customer journey, and the fourth I would say is. There's this new field uh, within AI, which is called natural language generation, right? So we talked about natural language processing. We talked about natural language understanding and then natural language generation, which is machines ability or computers ability to generate human-like language. So how does that impact? Imagine if if an agent could auto-finish, a machine could auto-complete the notes for an agent, like literally Mm -hmm. generate the language. I went through the entire conversation and here is what I think are the most important parts of it, right? Automatically generate the key issues which happen in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's another modern space. So the four things, much deeper analytics, memory to the conversation, real-time context, and natural language generation. Those are the four things which I feel in the next two years you will see a lot of motion on. And I'm sorry if I went to the geek end of no. this, but happy to sort of dive deep on any I'm, I'm, That's That's super exciting. You know, you know, I always talk about here, you know, it, with new products, right? Especially in the BPO space, right? You know, BPOs, you know, technology is great, but we we, we can't just go get a piece of technology because we think it's cool. There has to be some type of ROI. And, and analytics for me is is the largest, the, the biggest sense, I guess, segment of, 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 of investment that I see making because of all the things that you just said, right? To, to not just have our customer service reps be, People say a button a seat, which probably isn't appropriate, but you know, just sitting there taking calls, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but generating this data, right? That that yeah. can be used by organizations. That that there's so much, so many things our customers are saying, and to be able to actually, we're starting to now be able to use that, but to take it to the level that you're saying, I think is super exciting, and and will just a whole customer experience kind of nuance and, and change will be happening, you know, even outside of the call center because of the the insights that we're getting. Super cool. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to get um, I want to get real nerdy here now. Um, okay. and we, I think we've been kind of nerdy. Um, but can you can you 
talk to people or talk to all the listeners, all the viewers. Um, there's a lot of people who, who maybe are a little bit newer in the space, but when people say speech analytics, like, can yeah. you talk, how, how does that happen? Right. So we know kind of the, the word cloud or kind of how that maybe talk through that. And then maybe talk about how you see it maybe a little bit differently and in, in, in how you guys are trying to do kind of that analytic platform that kind of really everybody's kind of the, the hot topic for everyone. Absolutely. So maybe if you can, I have a couple of slides for that, and and I can I talk through those as we speak. But yeah, starting with this one. So I, I mentioned this already, but if you look at the speech analytics part, right, the first part of this is the speech to text engine, because if we cannot transcribe the vo- the audio, the voice uh, audio call, or the voice signal itself, we not we don't have a starter. But the second part is where the word clouds come from, like the bane of our existence, which is these word clouds, of, right? which is this, this breaking language into constituent elements, right? Now, the challenge for most contact center leaders is that that's where these technologies stop, right? So I'll give you an example. And this is this is a very, like, a simple example, which we talk about uh, uh, this a lot. Let's say in all of our, you know, all of our business people, someone calls in to cancel an account. It could be a credit mm-hmm. card company, a healthcare company, a furniture company, or return something. Now, if you do classic speech analytics, right? If someone says, I want to cancel an account, cancel my account. The problem is, and if I'm looking for, and if I make a word cloud of the three phrases, cancel my account, right? I will be wrong two out of three times. I'll be wrong two out of three times. Why do I say that? Because someone says, I want to cancel an account. That's right. But someone says, I do not want to cancel my account. That would also trigger, right? Mm-hmm. And the third person says, I would never cancel my account just want it paused or something like that, right? Right. That would also trigger. So traditional speech analytics, in our humble opinion, gives a lot of false positives, right? Because it's keyword and phrase based, right? And every business has hundreds of these scenarios. So in our view, where this, and then the other part of speech analytics, which we hear often from customers is this issue of uh, sentiment, right? So they give you a word cloud and they give you sentiments, negative, neutral, positive, and some charts going up and down. But again, we think that's not enough. What you should be, what what uh, what modern leaders need now these days is real-time issue detection. What's actually happening in my contact mm-hmm. center? Tell that to me in real time. Where did which top which issues, which topics did my agents perform well on? Where do they actually need training? Right? Can I power my product, sales, compliance team, marketing teams with this data? So if I have accurate data of how many people are looking to cancel the account, guess what? I can create a marketing campaign around it. I can feed it to my yep. sales team and say like, hey, these people are about to churn, help, right? Uh, so modern, uh, we say, call it conversational analytics almost, not just speech analytics or conversational analytics or conversational intelligence. We've started to hear that from a lot of our customers as well, is where you can have what we call semantic intelligence or meaning-based intelligence into the contact center, right? And if we can do that, we can power, we can power, you know, modern contact centers in a meaningful way. And guess what? This is with this is a case study which we did. Um, and, and in general, about you know how modern speech analytics can be better mm-hmm. because if you really truly detect cancel my account in a, in a nice way we think it's sometimes four to ten x better than just keyword matching and phrase matching 
four to ten x better. So I would I want to just challenge your audience to think about uh, when they are taking those reports to their product teams, their sales teams, their compliance teams, and struggling with the false positive and negatives. Uh, your your the, your podcast is called Central Geek, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm positioning it as like we can do modern technologies can do much better. Four to ten x better in terms of recall and accuracy. Does that does that answer your question? I'm just yeah, no, that's that's time. really good. That's really good. And I, I kind of want to get back to something that I think all of us are are waiting for, and um, and for for more of a general use. But um, you know, real time sentiment and yeah. is something that you know a lot of most call centers and contact centers maybe is a dream for them, right? So to be able yeah. to see some type of dashboard or or to see something where you can see a call going south or you can see a, a rep that's turning a call around or you can see an irritated customer and not have to be, yeah. you know, clicking, trying to monitor everybody. Um, where yeah. do you see that, uh, you know, as, as a, as a viable product and, and how soon do you see that? And, and, and just kind of, what are your thoughts on, on just real time sentiment for being for real? Yeah. It, 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 uh, so I think that that's already here. A lot of our customers and, uh, you know, we know, we know uh, competitors who have similar products are using it. And yes. I think, um, and I think uh, it's a very powerful technology, both for training new agents, onboarding them rapidly, helping customers um, in uh, helping customers. And also it gives unmatched ability for managers and uh, team leads to jump in. If a call is going south, and especially in this remote environment with COVID, you have yep. hundreds of agents all over the country, and you don't know which one to focus on. If but if you have your type sentiment and the ability to sort of jump in into a conversation, that's really really powerful. Now I would go, I would go even further to say, um, I think the vision there for contact center leaders, what I what we discuss with these leaders is, you know, we can have real time sentiment, but also real time conversation tagging and what I, what do I mean by that? So let's mm-hmm. say if a customer says, I'm super unhappy, right? And that's real-time sentiment or there, you know, we can do tonal detection or word detection. But we can also do real-time conversation intelligence, which is, uh, I am really curious. Uh, so I have this credit card. I'm, I just bought a home and I'm wondering if you have a home mortgage product, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm a bank, that kind of intelligence, if I can convert 1% more or half a percent more of my current customers and get them into a mortgage product, that's a huge revenue lift. Yeah. And that's how we make contact centers from cost centers to revenue centers, right? And so if if I can now, if I, now unfortunately, I am the credit card agent, right, taking that call. And suddenly someone asked me about home mortgage. I was like, yeah, I'll put you on your, you know, CRM that you were curious about home mortgage. Yeah, and flag it, maybe. It right. gets lost. It gets lost. But what if, if we can do that in real time if there's a home mortgage inquiry happening right here and an expert could jump in, for yeah. example. So, uh, and that also is the foundation for real-time agent assist technology. Um, and uh, so we think of in terms of real-time sentiment, which is really, really important, real-time conversation tagging. And then, you know, we can also talk about real-time agent assist and how we think about that. But th- those two, tagging and sentiment, I think are, are very possible, yeah. I think a good a good that's a this is a great bridge or transition to uh, to QA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, you know, I, I kind of see this technology not taking maybe headcount 
to a certain extent away from the reps, but I do see headcount going away from, from a QA staff, right? I think, you know, the technology is now where, you know, almost every provider out there is basically saying if they're offering some type of analytics or AI product, hey, you know, you can listen, right, to 100% of your calls, right? And some of that yeah. is BS, some of that's right. Um, but you can't doubt the impact that, that this technology is having on QA, can you can you talk about where you you see that from a kind of an, an AI infused QA platform, right? Where it's yeah. less agent scoring and more of the, uh, the the AI or the technology doing a lot of the work. Yeah, and if you don't mind, Thomas, you mentioned some of that is BS. What part of like I'm curious in your experience, what did you find as uh, like? Yeah, well, I mean, right? listening <laughs> listening to 100 percent of the calls. And having my reps sit there and, and, you know, really be scoring and taking a percentage, you know, is a little bit different than you know, basically saying you don't need to do that. Right. So many products yeah. are your QA goes away, We which it, it, it doesn't yet. I think it will. Right. I think that yeah. there's, a, there's some technology there. But I, it, it's again, that's kind of the overuse of 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 where AI is for for a call center that has, you know, and, and maybe that's a little bit better for a, a huge 10,000 seat center, right? That maybe can't get to yeah. or needs this huge, but if you, most, most of us and most listeners here are probably under a thousand seats, right? So yeah. you know, to have that aspect of, of, of your, you're listening to everything. No, I need to be able to score this. And especially for me, yeah. for a client, how do I tell my client that, Hey, you know, I listen to these and, and these are good. And that's yeah. kind of where it, it gets into a little hairy no. for me. I'm to, you, and I couldn't agree with you more. Like I've talked about in the last 20, 25 minutes, all the promise of AI and where it's headed and how we feel it's such a bright future. But at the same time, I could not agree with you more. It's so important to be realistic. Right. Uh, and, and working with, our, working with uh, uh, the customers to partner on not selling the moon and being realistic on the powers of AI. And, and I think it's really, really powerful. I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, some, we were looking at a QA rubric, and there was a question: Did the did the agent ask um, uh, probing questions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and how did the two? No AI can you know find that if the, if, if the agent asks probing questions out or, or not. And it's actually a pretty good question in our sales mm-hmm. team. We talk about you know asking good discovery questions and so on. And so uh, it's very. Uh, I think it's just wrong. Right? You said you use BS. I just said it's wrong to promise that we can be able to fix it. But at the same time, um, I do think where modern quality assurance pro- teams are, are will go is that machines will augment their productivity 60, 70, 80%, right? And then a lot of their capacity would go in actually work um, coaching and uh, guiding the agents on value-added things as opposed to all day listening to these calls, right? Mm-hmm. Machines can augment their productivity, make it 5x faster, automate 70, 80% of their work. It will not be 100%. That's that's our... Uh, and if anyone who saves 100% yes. all done, right. that you use right. the word. <laughs> you know, it, but I think too, this this goes back to what you said too. I mean, you know, with, with we talk about real-time sentiment, but you know, even real-time keyword analysis, right? So, you know, having yeah. QA, they're not randomly hearing calls, but if they hear a rep, if a rep swears, or even if a customer swears, or if there, there's certain, you know, phrases that you don't want from a disclosure standpoint, that, that yeah. or if there's a disclosure that has to be read perfectly and it's not, you know, things are being able to be picked up from that way. I think that is super powerful. Um, but from Absolutely. the point of, of scoring things, 
Um, you know, I'm still not there yet, but I think that's where it really, for the, especially a supervisor on the floor, right, who maybe is not a QA person, but they're monitoring. So they're taking the randomness out of a call center manager is huge for me, right? To pinpoint Absolutely. their time and to actually helping a rep, making a product better, um, getting information instead of just wasting literally 60 to 70% of their day trying to find a problem. Absolutely. And so, and, there are, and, and that's such a great point you mentioned, Thomas. So if we look at the modern QA or, or the QA flow itself, there is the piece around you getting hundreds of thousands of calls and identifying which calls mm-hmm. to QA. There's mm-hmm. the piece around actual, the actual QA process of reviewing it and then, and then scoring it. We think AI can augment all three workflows. Mm-hmm. Which calls to QA? When you are queuing, how do you do it? And actually scoring, we, we have an amazing auto-score product. And we can auto-score on a bunch of different uh, customer rubric questions, right? Mm-hmm. But and sometimes, actually, you know what? We can auto-score up to 100%. But sometimes you can, but, but uh, we never say all the time 100%. Because, again, that one of, the, one of the challenges with any new technology is you don't want to, uh, you don't want to. Uh, we would like to. We like to be realistic and over deliver, right? And then the other thing I would say on the on the sort of QA, but as you mentioned on highlighting those moments, the same. We don't have to do a keyword phrase based thing. We can do true conversation intelligence, where again, irrespective of keywords or phrase used, we can identify situations what's which are happening, and that is huge. Like we are able to get, again, five to 10x better QA results because of foundational conversational intelligence there. And that's where AI, like, that's what we want to shout from the rooftops yeah, <laughs> of where, what you should expect from your systems, right? But, um, but uh, and, and, and have your QA team train and coach and reduce the churn of agents, right? Because, you know, guess what? Agents which are better trained, which get more feedback, churn less. And for I'm sure a lot of your listeners have a churn problem in their contact centers. In this environment where hiring is so hard and you know inflation is high and things like that, yeah. you it's hard to retain. And the best way to retain talent is give them lots of quality feedback and work with them, which which modern solutions uh, you know enable. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. That's this is really, really, really interesting. You know, the the I don't want to say the last topic, but um, cause I think it's kind of intertwined, but again, you know, speech analytics has become kind of the, I don't want to say a, a must have, but right. A, a, a lot of call centers have been, have, have now have this technology. The, the newer thing now, right. That is starting to become more mainstream is agent assist, um, which right. we, you know, we hear just so much about now. Again, can you, like you did with analytics. And again, I don't, I don't, I think it's just really interesting because a lot of us, a lot of listeners don't really understand how this stuff works and to have someone like you on here is really cool. Can you just kind of explain how agent assist works? And then again, maybe what the norm is and then where where you see it going or how maybe you guys are doing a little differently. Great question. So the, how does it work? The three or four key components. One is let's start with uh, a voice phone calls, which is the hardest actually for agent assist, but that's the most often used, right? So uh, the first step in that is, that we need to have what's called a live a live audio stream uh, from your uh, CCAS provider or your on-prem uh, telephony provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, Five Nine has a great live audio stream product. Twilio has one. Most CCAS players have. 
So that live audio stream is giving us basically a real-time stream of what's happening between the call. Once you have that, once Savannah has that, now that same process I talked about, speech-to-text, natural language processing, natural language understanding. So in real time, we have to transcribe it and then almost run a Google search on it on the query which we get, the text which we get on mm-hmm. what the hell is this person talking about, yeah. right? The three steps, live audio stream, speech to text, and then language understanding. Now, and then maybe the fourth step is what they're talking about, then link it to either your knowledge center or your coaching and guidance tool or some kind of like an FAQ or step-by-step guiding mechanism and feed that output back into the agent single pane view. So those are the four steps again, live audio stream, speech to text, language understanding, linking it to the linking it to the knowledge source and bringing it back. Now the challenge here is there are two or three key challenges, Thomas. One is the real-time part of it. Guess what? People need this entire experience in less than a few seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So a call has to go in and the conversation is happening on the fly. Agent, agent should be, we should be able to help the agent without, uh, in almost in re- real time, before the customer goes on the next topic, essentially, right? That's a few seconds. That's one challenge. The second challenge is relevance. That is, again, where I started this conversation. Most agent assist tools, and this is my pet peeve, they say, oh, we show you the related article. You know, they look for that keyword and they look up an article with that keyword and show you that back. That doesn't mm-hmm. work because, as I said, if you just look, someone says, I do not want to cancel my account, they still show cancel my account article, right? right? Any article with the word cancel in it gets shown up. So that's the other challenge. How do we maintain relevance of the content which we are showing? Because guess what? Our agents are working in such high uh, stress situations in such a small time window of six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes for the entire call. If you show them garbage content, they'll be like, man, what the hell? First of all, this is popping up in my screen. Second, two out of three times is wrong. Right. Like, can you get can you get this it's off my stupid. screen? Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. And the third part is, uh, can you link all the knowledge in the organization? So, you know, I, this is the part I talk about. Even if you're showing the knowledge, you know, so the right articles, but in large organizations or in any organizations, some knowledge sits in support articles, some sits in, you know, Lessonly or some LMS system. Yep. Some sets it subsets in internal wiki docs. Being mm-hmm. able to integrate all of that into the agent response, you know, and then I, I keep on adding. I can talk about this for but then making it omni-channel. So you have to be able to do this over phone calls, emails, and jacks, and those are slightly different in terms of how you process it. We have solved it for all channels and each of these problems. Now again. And I would I would still say, having said that, this is a space, real-time agent assist is a space where research, and you asked me this question of where do you want to see um, the space in the next two to three years? Mm-hmm. This is a space where as technology evolves, improves, the, the product quality will continue to improve tremendously uh, because we will be able to have things like, you know, context modeling, memory of the conversation, and a bunch of other things, right? Mm-hmm. But about everything uh, else. That will affect everything else. But I do think for your listeners, it is important uh, uh, to ask these questions. Like, hey, what is your latency? 
uh, how soon will the agent get it? What is the quality of stuff which you show? And what's the accuracy around it, right? Yeah. And how often do I have, do my agent have to repeat something to be able to see it? Or is it like, right? Because sticking AI on a deck is easy. This is the next level. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, right. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask you before we wrap this up to put your sales hat on. All right. Okay. And I have, you know, I have a lot of people that for, especially on LinkedIn that, that asked me to demo their agent assist product, right? Um, yeah. Just how to, and, and I'm, I'm, I will have the conversation with them. I think, and I know there are agent assists being used by a lot of BPOs out there. So I'm, again, I'm, yeah. I just, for me, I see that the difficulty of having, you know, maybe 40 or 50 different clients with different knowledge bases, right. And having to set that up for, is there a specific use case that you think would is, is the ideal scenario for this, right. Or would you say overall, it just, it kind of works for everything. How do you feel like if you go to sell that, is there a specific kind of channel or business or use case that works best? Yeah, that's such a good question. So uh, BPOs are a challenging environment because of that specific reason you mentioned. And now, if you have one customer who has, uh, you know, a larger footprint, uh, and they are the only ones looking for it, and obviously, obviously, you can we can do multi-tenant installs and things like that's not a problem. It is just from your perspective as the leader of the operation, you are on the like you'll be managing these sort of multiple. You know, there's no other way. There are forty different knowledge sources. Right. right? Correct. So, so organizations which are like financial services companies. Uh, insurance companies, healthcare providers, uh, you know, travel companies, uh, uh, which have uh, complex uh, products. Financial services is, is such a simple example. They have so many different products and things keep on changing, you know, like mortgage rates keep on changing every day. <laughs> you know, right. uh, they, they launch products really fast. High-tech companies, they launch products really fast. And what are they supposed to do? Train agents every day on the new launch or give them an agent assist product which they can wow. agents can use on the fly to answer customer questions, right? I had a, we had a customer, uh, we, had a poten- uh, we had a potential customer, uh, a very large, I, I won't name them, but a, they're a very large mobility company, really, really large, right? Right share company. And, and their SVP told us, that you know before this kind of technology they would have promotions every day every week for their uh, product and they would send a pdf doc every morning to the contact center it's like hey these are the promotions for today Here's and the then deal. what the pro- then they would went to the pe- that then they would send it to team leads and team leads would make post-its out of it for every agent and stick it on the agent desktop is like remember this is your promotion for today yeah <laughs> Yeah. Now you don't need to do that. Agent assist can do it. And simply sitting in headquarters, set it up. It pops in the real time. Uh, so for those kinds of businesses, complex, dynamic changing, it's really hard. It's really useful. I would say for very simple businesses like e-commerce or something where with just simple returns are coming through or simple order statuses and things like that, if the complexity is not high enough, then... It's not, I wouldn't say it's a top priority than quality and analytics is definitely top priority there. Yeah. You know what, where this would have worked. And and to be honest, I mean, I, in, in 2019, I mean, I don't agent assist for me really wasn't even on the radar. 
But when we yeah. went through when we went through COVID, we got a lot of the states two one one work, right? So basically, it was yeah. their non emergency emergency lines, and literally, when you're going through, you know, you could start with a the governor makes an announcement at nine o'clock in the morning, the mayor makes one at ten, the president makes one at eleven, <laughs> and every single yeah. time, right? The what happened with the lockdown or or the schools or something changed. Um, and it was yeah. it was a nightmare. I think that would have been an, an absolutely ideal uh, use case for for agencies. Absolutely. So we spun you. you uh, funny you mentioned it. We spun a small COVID helpline when there was mm-hmm. massive unemployment, and people and you know the, the government was helping with you know empl- unemployment relief and so on. And but those things were also changing so rapidly. How much am I eligible for? Will when will my check happen? And every state was different. So we mm-hmm. used Agent Assist in a big way to support our partners in New York. Uh, we partnered with the New York State on helping their call center agents with this in real time. And 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 that was, you're exactly right, because every hour things were changing. Changing <laughs> so fast. Yeah, it was it was insane. So I could I could do- totally see. And I guess I never thought of that for, for a use case of it. All right, last, well, second to last question. Um, you know, we talked about all these use cases for AI and and where things are moving from an analytic standpoint and natural language processing and understanding. Do you see things that AI just doesn't work at, right? Or doesn't work with? Um, oh, what are, what are yeah. some of those things that? A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. And that's why we are, we are, uh, we are uh, breaking new ground every day in this space. We are very excited, but at the same time, we uh, are realistic. So, Many things where AI do not work. For I talked about this context problem, right? Like you, a customer calls in and talks about five different issues. How did they happen? What were the relationships between those? And these are 30, 40 minute conversations and mapping them in a reasonable way. It's actually a reasonably hard problem. Mm-hmm. Sarcasm is another one. You can say it in a flat out. Okay, got it. That was really helpful. <laughs> but I, you know, Humans can understand that the eye roll, no one else gets it. <laughs> right. right. But it's, it's not just an eye roll problem. It's it's just sarcasm is 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 in general very hard. The third thing is we hear that from our customers all the time. Can you tell us if the agent answered the question correctly? Right, in your QA system or uh, yeah. in analytics or something. And I was like, man, that's really hard because for that, the AI has to know what is the right answer, right? For any given situation, right? And, you know, the right answer could be, in one case, what was the, what's the current uh, APR rate for my credit card? The mm-hmm. second for a healthcare situation is what's the wait time for admitting a patient and so on. That becomes really hard because now the AI has to know knowledge as well as meaning, right? Yeah. You have to have knowledge of what is the home loan rate, what is the mortgage terms? What are the terms? Like if it's an insurance company and it says like, can the AI help with, was the agent right on insurance terms? Holy right. shit, that's an 80 page insurance document. It's supposed yeah. to understand that and cross correlate what they're right or not. Right. So that's a really hard problem. So those are three things to recap. I would say understanding context and sort of memory over a period of time, right? In long conversations, because this is a common issue. Our, our customers say like, hey, 20-minute call, many things happened here. But my agent can only tag one thing. They often tag one thing. It's like, hey, this issue was about return, right? Yes, right. Right? right? But 
often that three or four things, at least two and a half, five, three things, right? But we can do that, but the order in which it happened and the relationships between those, right? But we are ex- these are the kind of things we are excited to solve because if you can solve that, so much value here. The second thing I mentioned is the uh, the sarcasm, right? Yeah. Human language and subtleties of it. And the third thing is uh, is this issue of uh, you know doing it in real time and also uh, and also uh, knowledge verification was the was, was the agent right or not? Yeah. And um, yeah. And again, sorry if I'm going into too much detail, but I hope no, it's, this, your users this... are real sense. <laughs> I feel honestly. I think you have. I feel so much more informed on the space now. Yeah, you know, I I really do appreciate you coming on. I mean, this we could probably talk here for another three hours on on things. So we'll probably <laughs> love to maybe have you come back as well. But how can people, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to get a hold of Level AI, okay. if they want to follow you, what what should they do? And we'll we'll end up throwing this up on the screen here. Um, you know, a- after we kind of do the edits. But how can we get a hold of you? Absolutely. Um, find me on LinkedIn. I'm at Ashish at the on email. Email is just Ashish A S H I S H at the level dot AI. I'll put it in LinkedIn as well. And then uh, reach out to us if you just want to see a demo of what we do and just get like smart about our offerings. You can go to the level dot AI T H E the level dot AI the level dot AI webpage. And then uh, same on LinkedIn and same on Twitter. We are level dot level AI on available everywhere. And then awesome. Hey, meet us at CCW. Meet it at CCW. Oh, at there you CCW. go. Right. We'll be there as well. Yeah. Nice. That's, yeah. Uh, oh, man. That's we're, we're 10, 10 days away, right? 10 days away from 10 CCW. days away. Really excited. Yeah. That's so. a great show. And I, and I saw your post uh, yesterday, Thomas, about having a new kind of conference. Loved it, man. Whatever we can do to support that, happy to do it. And yeah, you, I, I know yeah, you I'm want sure to take the... away. If I, if I can come as an expert, <laughs> happy to do that. But you know, and and again, just to, I just get annoyed, you know, with, with, in that space when there's so many intelligent people that could add so much value. And and again, I'm not blaming, and this wasn't CCW, this was another show and I don't really want to name it. When you got to pay them $8,500 to $10,000 to speak at a show that's supposed to be for the contact center community. I don't know. I think that there there could be a better way of, of doing that. And so many people are getting shut out of having a voice. I'm I'm totally with you. So what one thing which we do, Thomas, and and um and, and I'm happy to pitch that to your users. On Level AI, we have a thought leadership series, and uh, where we I've interviewed the VP of Contact Center at Carta, at Brex, at Open Table, and many other companies. And we don't talk about Level AI at all. Not a word of it. And we right. just ask them kind of what you do which is how are you running your business? How are you running your operations? And what advice would you have if you grabbed a drink with another leader of contact center? What war stories do you have to share with them over the last two, three years as COVID has gone on, right? And we find that so refreshing. And that's why Mm -hmm. your post meant so much to me. I was like, man, Thomas is so right. All these people have so much nuggets, but we always view them from a lens of like some product to sell or some service or some content exactly. to sell. We lose people. <laughs> we lose people. And that's why we don't talk about our product. We talk about what's happening in the space, what mm-hmm. you should expect, and how do we sort of get smart together, right? And then, you know, be on this journey over the next decade together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and again, we'll, we'll wrap this up, but I think people see that, right? Like, and they know that. I'm not going to let somebody just come on here and just sell their products. Like, and to be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. 
no viewers would be listening because they would get bored in the first 10 seconds. But if we have an AI conversation and a speech analytics conversation, we, we kind of talk about this. First of all, you can tell you're a total thought leader in the space because of the knowledge that you have with it. And then you can't help but talk about your company a little bit. That's the whole point of this, too. So, you know, I think it's, it is refreshing when, when we're just trying to add value. Right. And, and try to yeah. inform because I learned a ton today in the, this last, you know, 45 minutes. So I'm sure I'm sure everybody else did as well. So on that, thank, thank you, you so much. This was a this was thank a ton you for of having fun. me. I appreciate it. Super informative. And uh, hey, well, I'll, I'll see you at uh, I'll see you at CCW. Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.